You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio. In today's modern world, there's a trend, especially in the UK, US and Australia, to monitor every aspect of a child's life in order to bring up a successful child. But some countries take a different approach. By now, you've probably heard that in 2013, a UNICEF report rated Dutch kids as the happiest in the world, while the UK came 16th and the US came 26th. Two expat mums, Michelle Hutchison from the UK and Rena Mayer-Costa from the US, now live in the Netherlands and experience the place where kids are reportedly the happiest firsthand. They've written a book about it called The Happiest Kids in the World, Bringing Up Children the Dutch Way. Rena joins us on the line. Hi, Rena. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me this morning or evening, whatever time it is. We're on it. We're midday, but you know, we could go either way there. Um, To start with, can you tell us briefly how you ended up in the Netherlands? I basically ended up falling in love with a Dutch guy. And after um, a year of doing a long-distance relationship, he convinced me to move over to the Netherlands. And I thought, why not? You only live once, right? (laughs) So I was open (laughs) for an adventure. I was young. I was about um, 25 when I decided to move to the Netherlands. And what was that like for you? I mean, we... A lot of people have heard of your book in terms of, you know, bringing up kids the Dutch way. And I I have to admit that I always read those titles and just feel a yearning to sort of transplant that culture to Australia. But of course, moving to a country that speaks different language and has lots of different cultural traditions can be challenging in itself. How did you find that shift culturally? It was a complete shock for the first three to five years. Um, I'm from the San Francisco Bay Area, so when I went to the Netherlands, I moved to Utrecht, which is a little city in the middle of the country, and, and it was beautiful and gorgeous and vibrant and so much activity, but it was really like living in a completely different universe. What were the um, things that were most striking or jarring, I guess, in that you know alternate reality? For one, I re- I noticed that people actually really just love to live, and they they didn't define themselves by their careers, but also by what their hobbies were and their relationships to other people. And they had a they had strict boundaries between what time was work time and what time was quote unquote play time. So they would do their work, do it really well because obviously they're one of the most productive countries in the world. So they'll work from nine to five. But when five o'clock hits, most of them just head home. And if they have families, they'll, of course, cook dinner and have family time together. Or if they were young, they would meet up with their friends and have dinner out. And I thought that was incredible because they don't define themselves by their careers. Another difference was their love for travel. There's a saying that wherever you go, um, chances are you'll run into a Dutch person. Even in an obscure remote island, there's probably a Dutch person there. Another thing that was different was that um, they weren't too much status conscious orientated, like they weren't too much into signifiers of wealth. Um, I come from San Francisco Bay Area, and there's a lot of concentration of wealth and a lot of ambitious people. And it wasn't that the Dutch were necessarily not ambitious, because of course they also wanted to do well in life, but that they didn't need to spend so much money on like a purse or a fancy car. They were actually more pragmatic about it. And a lot of them actually choose not to have a car when they live in the city simply because it was easier and a lot more affordable to just go run by bike. 
Oh, that sounds idyllic. Uh, what was your first experience with the Dutch parenting style? I was initially shocked, <laughs> to be to be completely candid. Again, like it was like a different, it was a completely different world. Um, they weren't, they were really, I found them kind of really relaxed, maybe too relaxed for my own comfort, because I was used to a certain mold that um, in order to be a really good parent, you have to be really anxious and you have to overthink everything twice. To me, that was what a good parent was. But when I was seeing the Dutch, they were they were actually a lot more relaxed and calm. And they again, they just took a, a lot more pragmatic approach to things. Um, and I love how they really approached it in a simple way. Like they, for example, when um, when I was pregnant with my first baby, I was actually frustrated initially how it was so hard to find all these fancy baby gadgets in the Netherlands. Like there wasn't really a lot of it five years ago. Um, but in America, and I think also in Australian culture, there was like a lot of push to always, because we love their baby, we'd always have to get the best things. The, what the Dutch focused on most importantly was actually the postpartum recovery of the mom, which is incredibly important. And also just being able to provide the basic necessities for the baby, but create the loving, nurturing environment when the baby is born. And of course, the baby's health um, during pregnancy. What did you find in terms of the parenting style as children became more mobile? You know, as they could crawl, climb over things, get into trouble. (laughs) How did the Dutch uh, approach that kind of movement towards independence in children? I loved how they're able to allow children to explore floor and take a moment, like a little step back and see whether or not the child sees them. For example, when a little, like let's say 10-month-old or 13-month-old little toddler starts to walk, they don't immediately hover. They just stand back and watch what the child does. And if the child falls, they'll take like, I don't know, two, three seconds to see whether or not the child needs them. And if the child, of course, screams their head off, they would go and console the child. But if the child just falls down and then gets back up, they praise the child for the effort. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Rena May Acosta. She's the co-author of The Happiest Kids in the World. Um, we're talking about Dutch children and bringing up children the Dutch way. And Rena's just been explaining about her own experience um, moving there and having her first child there. Rena, I'm kind of interested. You had seen examples of how people parented their children in the US before you moved. Was it a natural thing to sort of use the Dutch approach to raising him for you because he was your first and you didn't have any other example of how you would do it? Or were there things that you kind of took you back to how you were brought up and how your parents did things? Initially, when I was a first-time mom, I was really skeptical of the Dutch way because <laughs> I'm, I'm American and I always I prided being American and I love the way that the American parents parented. And that was basically always being on top of the child, um, constantly monitoring because I was a stay-at-home mom. I thought that if I gave my child constant attention, constant love, just basically revolved my entire life around the child that I could be the best mom I possibly could be. But then after about a year into it, both my husband and I, we were in love with being parents, but we were, if you were to ask us, we were actually quite miserable um, in the sense that we were extremely exhausted. We never made time for ourselves. And then 
one time we were just looking around and we're like, um, should we do what they're doing? Because <laughs> they seem so much more like relaxed. And what caught me in shock too is that none of the Dutch families had the same sleeping issues that my husband and I had with our child. How, what were they doing? They were <laughs> one of the best kept secrets in the Netherlands is that um, the babies actually slept. And it's not just my observations of this, it was actually. Um, done research studies time and time again have actually reported that Dutch babies sleep the most in the world. There's a complete billion dollar industry, right? Uh, probably in Australia too. And then of course the mommy wars about the best way for the child to get to sleep and also parents sleeping, right? But actually it's quite simple. And um, I talked to also a pediatrician about this, like what was their secret? Because I wasn't, of course I'm skeptical, you know, I'm not going to just believe this without any actual medical evidence. So basically, I talked to two different professionals. One was a Dutch pediatrician, and another two actually were professors from the University of Connecticut, and Professor Sarah Harkness and Charles Super. All three of them actually said that the Dutch were doing something quite simple. They emphasized rest and regularity from the very beginning. So meaning that, that the babies, starting as newborns, had a general schedule, not something really strict and steadfast, but a general flow of how things went. Like they would be fed, and then they would be played with, and then they would be put down to sleep. And they had a very calming environment. Because what the Dutch were doing differently compared to other families was that um, they were just letting the child be stimulated by the natural environment, like the living room, for example. It was exciting enough. They didn't need to put like these quote-unquote educational toys in front of a newborn to stimulate brain development. The Dutch have realized that the world itself, right, is exciting enough for a newborn. They don't need much more than actual interaction with their caretaker, their parents, their dad, their mom. And that was enough stimulation. So mm. by giving them a predictable schedule and keeping the world quite calm, it allowed the babies to actually get some sleep. By the time they're six months old, they're able to self-regulate themselves and get and sleep basically through the night, at least five continuous hours. Which is what anyone wants when their child is that age. <laughs> um, I was really intrigued to see that the Dutch government has uh, widely promoted the Australian Triple P positive parenting um, approach to discipline and, and raising children. Is that something that is... Um, taught in the Netherlands or is it something that just comes through in the way parents are with their children? I think it's a combination of both. It's when the, what I love about the Dutch too is that they're, they love to embrace ideas that actually work. So we have what we call a consultation bureau in which parents, especially the first year, once a month, they go to um, the clinic where they get a baby wellness assessment and then they're taught these different parenting tips. Finally, I just wanted to ask about um, something that we all, I think, struggle with working parents in Australia anyway, and that is the parental guilt over the work-life juggle. How do the Dutch sidestep that issue? They just don't have any guilt. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it sounds like completely bizarre, and I'm like, huh? Because again, the sign of like, again, being an anxious parent and having that guilt was often a sign of how much we loved our children. We carry that emotional baggage because we think that's what being a good parent is. 
right? Mm. For the Dutch, though, they are just so practical and realistic about it. It's like, look, we have to work because we have to put food on the table. If we don't work, we can't eat, we can't have, it's just, this is the reality of the modern world. What they do, though, is that they make sure that their child knows that they have unconditional love. And as long as that child knows that they have unconditional love and that they're able to have a strong connection with their parents, that they are able to not feel that guilt or not to let that guilt overwhelm them or feel bad about it. Having yourself grown up in America and now living in the Netherlands, do you think it's possible to transplant these ideas? I mean, everything that you've just said I think sounds incredible, but it does feel like there needs to be a huge societal shift in the West in order for this kind of approach to just be part of how we do things. I I was wondering that too, actually, while writing this book. Like, How can parents outside of the Netherlands apply um, what we've learned and experienced and saw from the Netherlands in their own homes? And I think it starts with actually, it, it starts at home. And then also realizing that happiness is quite important and it begins at home. So if they actually start seeing the child for what a child actually is, and that's what I love about the Dutch. So the Dutch see children as children. They don't see them as miniature versions of adults. Like they don't have unrealistic expectations. And if you can begin at home and see your child for who they are, their strengths, their weaknesses, their everything for just being a person, then I think that things can change. Because I, I'd like to be honest with you, um, I also feel that the the kind of parenting and childhood that we describe in the book isn't something that's actually quite foreign. In fact, I think it actually resonates with a lot of us adults because that was the kind of childhood that we used to have. Our parents, what, in the 70s, 80s in the United States, we used to be able to play outside and have fun. I'm convinced that it can be that way again. So it's not like we were we're promoting something completely foreign. I mean, we are promoting something completely foreign now, but it's not that it wasn't like that before. It was basically a parenting style that resonated with our grandparents and with us several generations back. And I believe that we can still have that. Rena, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for having me. That's Rena May Acosta. She's the co-author of the book, The Happiest Kids in the World, Bringing Up Children the Dutch Way. You've been listening to a Kindling Conversation podcast. We'd like to reach as many parents as possible, and you can help us by giving us a review wherever you downloaded this episode. It means that more people can find us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.